Okay. Well, we are now up to the second to last. No, I'm sorry. We're now beginning a new essay. We are very close to the end of this work, which means very close to the end of the Tanya. We are now, we have six, seven, eight, and fourth to last, to be exactly accurate. The fourth to last essay of this section and of completing this cipher, the Tanya. So the last two essays, we were focusing on how through the observance of the commandments, all those sparks that are hidden in this world are extracted, how the world is infused with godliness, how this is also true when we study the laws. And in this say, continuing this train of thought, taking it the next step, we explain that actually the laws of Tyra transcend the world beyond any possible comparison. And we see this in an incident that happened with King David, that when he brought back the ark from its captivity in the hands of the Philistines, he placed it in a wagon because he forgot the stipulation of the Torah that you have to carry it on your shoulder. And our sages explain that his forgetfulness came as a punishment because he did something wrong. Because he called the laws of Tyra songs. He rejoiced in the Tyra as his songs. And the Rebbe is now explaining why that's wrong and why calling the laws songs leads for him to forget this specific law that requires the ark to be carried on the shoulders. So in the Zohar, it explains actually, or it says that the Torah is songs. The Torah is a song to God. So the Torah is a song to God. The Zohar states the Torah is a song to God. And David referred to the Torah as songs and was punished. So what does it mean that they're songs? And why was that a problem? We are not going to find out why it's a problem. But we'll find out what he means by the Torah being songs. Another question along these same lines is on a verse, how great are your works, God? Your thoughts are very deep. Where we question why we first mention God's works, his deeds, and only then his thoughts. Explaining that to, when we appreciate God's great works, we can begin to understand the depth of the thoughts. Meaning, all of the world, God's works, the highest world, the lowest world, are all dependent on the meticulous performance of a commandment. When one does a commandment correctly, all of the world are affected. All of the world are elevated. All of the world are receiving life force and spiritual sustenance. But if you did something wrong, because every commandment has many, many laws attached, if you didn't follow precisely the requirements, then all of the elevation that should have happened doesn't happen. The elevation is nullified. The life force is nullified. The sustenance is nullified. Nothing happens. I give a few examples. This is an example if you're using valid fill-in. The supernal intellect of God is revealed as a source of life for all the world. But if there's one slight omission of one detail of the fill-in, the commandments invalidated. The intellect departs. It applies in the positives as example given here to fill in. It applies in the prohibition. A single detail affects all the world. 
So if that's true, we can think of how great are the works of God in the multiplicity of the world, in all the hosts of the world, and how all of this is literally no relative to any requirement of the Torah. And the observance of the precise requirement of the commandment caused ascension in all the world, called the life force and spiritual sustenance in all the world. And not fulfilling every requirement causes the descent. And transgressing causes a far greater descent. So if we think about this, we think about the infinite depth of God's thoughts, of God's infinite thoughts, which infinitely transcend the vitality of the world, because all of the vivifying power of the world are issuing from a minor requirement of God's thoughts. This requirement is drawn from its source, from the depth of God's thought that specified it. Just as we could think of hair, that hair is growing, so to speak, from our brain. But what's a hair compared to your brain? So what's one law which is rooted in God's intellect compared to the intellect? And if through the fulfillment of that one law, all of the worlds have ascension, all of the worlds have life, all of the worlds have vitality, and that's just a hair vis-a-vis the brain. That's just one law in contrast to its source, God's depth of thought. What is that? And this is what King David was thinking about. When King David was going through his sufferings in his hard times, he was singing in his Torah study, and he was focusing on how the entire world is of no account. You know, the world was giving him a lot of pain. But the world has no account. The world is nothing compared to one minor specific detail of Tyra. And for this reason, he called Tyra songs, which is beautiful. And yet, he was punished for this. And we'll discuss tomorrow what could be the problem in that beautiful analogy that King David was making for himself.